1: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Collin Davis, wide open. Davis, still going, and he's in for
0: the touchdown.
2: He'll hit immediately
0: he got the handoff. You know <laughs> the Q-nator. Oh, my gosh. Listen,
3: thank you. From the PlayLikeAJet.com Digital Studios This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1 And we are reviewing the Jets off-season And one of the people I wanted to talk to is my friend Who is not just a great resource for 80s professional wrestling Though he is certainly a great resource in that category He's also been a longtime hardcore Jets fan He's been all over the place too, including a three-year stint as the director of communications for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers He was a ball boy for the New York Jets in the early 90s I think Blair Thomas asked him to buy him a drink
2: On multiple occasions, yes I can tell that story sometime Wow,
3: Blair Thomas asking him to buy a drink That's an insane story But that's not what he's here to talk about today Today we're going to talk about the Jets offseason And of course it's John Grella Who is also a contributor for us over at PlayLikeAJet.com John, what's going on, brother?
2: Mace in your face how we doing buddy
3: (laughs) doing well and I gotta say and everybody that listens to this show knows this I'm pretty optimistic about the Jets I'm not expecting them to win a Super Bowl or anything but for the first time in a while I feel like they're headed in the right direction I'm curious if you agree with me and I wanted to start with the first major domino to fall in the offseason which of course was the firing of Adam Gase and the hiring of Robert Sala Let's reflect on Gase for a second. First of all, how surprised are you that it was this bad? I think a lot of us were negative on the hire, but I don't know that any of us thought it was going to be as bad as it was. And as far as Robert Sala goes, what do you think? Home run hire? Where are you on that?
2: Uh, So much uh, to cover here. I'm I'm going to try not to use the word unpack because it drives me crazy. (laughs) Um, All right. So as far as Adam Gase goes, I am very glad he's gone. It was clearly a poor hire. I don't think really that, that he did an injustice to the tremendous amount of talent we had on the roster. Um, So, you know, do I think that, that it was a dumpster fire? The whole thing was a dumpster fire. He certainly didn't inspire any confidence, but it's not like the, the roster was loaded. So whatever, um, you know, he had a 179 year, and, and if that was his crowning achievement, then, then fine. Um, I don't, I was puzzled by the hire in the first place, but as I usually do, um, having been on both sides of this equation, you try to defer to the experts um, until, until you have no confidence in the experts. And in, in, the, case, in the hire of Adam Gase, I figured I, there was something I was missing. Um, but it, it obviously turned out that it, there was something missing on his part um, and and the Johnsons. Uh, you know, Adam Gase, by all accounts, lacked emotional intelligence, um, whether it was the press conference, which could either mean nothing or something, um, to his player relations, to any number of episodes along the way. The guy just didn't seem to have the intangibles the the soft skills um needed to to be a leader of men um so that that's that's where i'll leave it on adam GaSe. i just don't think that that he was a credible leader of men
3: and robert sala
2: well um we have hope until proven otherwise right so robert sala um appears to have the communication the cred and the connection uh needed to to make it work with players what i mean is uh he's he's got a nice um he he knows what he's all about he's very good at articulating um his vision um he he certainly seems very relatable and the kind of guy that from my experience with players that players would respond to just seems like a like a cool dude who understands them not out of touch not From a different planet um and and it seems like he stands a real chance to forge a meaningful connection certainly his record in in san francisco and beyond uh point to that so um he's got a good shot um he certainly looks like he's from central casting which if you put too much stock into that can't get carried away um but he but he does seem like a credible leader of men Um, so that's i i'm certainly um i'm certainly optimistic as are a lot of folks uh, about, about Sala and, um, and we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed.
3: What are your thoughts on the coaching staff that he put together?
2: You know, I, I, you you gotta be careful when with legacies, right? Somebody shares a last name with somebody else and, and you assume that they're, you know, they're the same, Uh, they're a clone, Um, but cautiously optimistic, right? Um, It seems like professional, like a professional staff, um, what I look for um, and, and what I've been told by football professionals over the years is you d- you're hoping that, that some of the people in these jobs have been around the block before and that not everyone on the staff is reaching you or know, in this job for the first time and everyone is, is a level or two above where they've ever been before. So it seems like in this instance that there are a lot of guys who've been around the block. Um, sure up and comers, um, but, but there, there do seem to be adults in the room and, uh, it, and so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that to this point, but, um, obviously can't assume that, that, um, you know, a LaFleur is a LaFleur and, and that you're going to get the brother. Um, maybe it's better, maybe it's worse, maybe it's the same, <laughs> uh, but probably it's probably, um, you know, you're probably going to see before too long that he has his own identity. Um, and Albrick seems, seems legit. I love that they, they have some continuity in special teams. Um, so in general, I'm, I'm uh, pleased with that, with the staff they put together. And, and, and that's another thing I've learned about um, putting together coaching staffs is, is who wants to work for this guy? Um, it seems like Sal is well-respected, well-liked, and is the kind of guy that other coaches want to work with and work for. So um, that's a positive. Uh, I'm not sure that, that, that the same can be said about his predecessor.
3: John, you wrote quite a bit about what the Jets did during free agency. You posted the article about the signing of Corey Davis, who was one of the key pieces that they grabbed before the draft. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on the overall strategy that they displayed and the results that came of the free agency period for the Jets.
2: Uh, you got to like when when Joe Douglas certainly seems very prepared um, and very thoughtful, not impulsive, um, and uh, so uh, you know I'm bullish on on Douglas as well. But you're when you're approaching free agency, this is not a buffet where where you grab whatever you want. This is more of an auction where 32 teams or some subset of those 32 teams are vying for you know the same talent right they they generally view the same really good players the same way um and so you you're recruiting essentially all over again um and you also have to make some decisions with regard to what's good value um for um what's good bang for the buck and so with regard to a guy like Corey Davis what I like about it my 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 golden rule and I keep coming back to it is for a building team don't want to overstock, um, 30 plus year olds. Um, and so Corey Davis is a nice young player with some, with some uh, production and still some upside, some untapped potential. So, um, you know, give me, give me a a player that's 26, 27 has done some good stuff and seemingly hasn't hit his ceiling yet. and, And I feel, um, I feel good about it. So, he, and and we didn't overpay. So, look, I, you know, I guess you could say the same thing about uh, when you're drafting for your fantasy team. There are either paper offenses, meaning that on paper they look really good, and then there are proven offenses, meaning that they they've proven they're very good. And you could put a a receiver who you think might be good on a team that's never done anything. Um, but maybe they look good on paper, um, and you, you got to you know cross your fingers and hope that it pans out. That said, there are just some coaches, some teams, and some offenses where you just say, "I like this guy's chances." Right? So we'll see. But um, but I really like that we're we're surrounding um, Zach with playmakers, and and not just a couple. They, of course. There's nobody who's you know a surefire all-pro, um, but I I really really like our, our that we have about six viable NFL-level receivers on the roster right now, um, in the event of injuries, which which are inevitable.
3: When the Jets drafted Sam Darnold in 2018, we all thought that they finally got that missing piece, that quarterback that they've been needing for such a long time. We've seen good quarterbacks, John. Ken O'Brien was good. Chad Pennington was good. But they weren't elite. And, of course, in the case of Chad Pennington, the injury sort of derailed him. And so you looked at Sam Darnold as the guy that this franchise has been desperately seeking since Joe Namath. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. And after three years and a terrible season last year, Darnold ends up getting traded to the Carolina Panthers. How surprised were you that this is the way it ended for Sam Darnold? Do you think they made the right move in trading him away? And do you think they got fair value in return?
2: Desperately seeking Susan or or (laughs) Sam. Look, there was a lot of wishful thinking. I think we've all been waiting too long. Um, we all pulled very hard for him. We, Most of us believe that the organization did him dirty. Um, feel bad for him, feel for him, uh, and wish him well. Um, so sorry it didn't work out, but that's life in the big leagues. Um, you know, one thing I'll say, I, I, I do hope he pans out, and I think – I think he'll have a nice career, uh, but I'm obviously less confident in that than I was a couple of years ago. Um, I've heard the expression, you either feel pressure or you apply pressure. Um, And he's, and he's a guy who clearly felt more pressure than he applied over the last couple of years, you know, understanding full well that he did not have um, major league professional talent around him Um, or good coaching. Um, that said, um, I still believe, I'm still of the mind, that head should roll over whoever let the seeing ghost clip see the light of day. I could tell you having been through those NFL film editing processes, um, that's the kind of thing that ends up on the cutting room floor, and, and they understand why. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know how, um, how somebody didn't get fired over that.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez.
3: after Sam Darnold got traded, that opened the door to what would eventually happen in the draft, which was the Jets picking Zach Wilson at number two overall. What'd you think of the move? Was that the right quarterback? And overall, what are you expecting from Zach Wilson in his rookie season?
2: Um, I don't profess to be a scout, Scott, but um, I do feel like I listen to the right people uh, and and you know stripping away the noise and focusing on those that I respect. Um, it does seem like Zach Wilson was the right choice. Um, I had the misfortune as much as I, I like Justin Fields. National championship game was, was, was obviously heroic. Um, but I happen to have watched him in those games versus Indiana and Northwestern. And those, those were not especially strong games for him. So um, uh, it, it was very hard for me to get over those. Um, even even with the um, the heroic performance in the championship game, so um, Zach Wilson. Look, um, a couple of things I was pleased to hear. Um, certainly those pro comps, which are you know more fun than they are useful. Um, but you could see this sort of style. You could see how people would compare him to you know to Aaron Rodgers in different ways, or Mahomes, and um, and so on. And that he's got that he's got that kind of you know. Playmaker, um, gunslinger, um, way about him. That's cool. All right. Um, what I did like substantively is is how many people I respected um, said that one of his strong suits was his ability to to make good decisions quickly. Uh, which, if I if I was gonna write a book up like good to great, you know, where where you're trying to get down to the essence of what makes what makes something excellent um you know if, if i could point to sort of one singular trait uh, that would be Pretty high up there for me, um, the ability to make good decisions quickly. So um, there are many different kinds of intelligence, and that that might be the one I'd, I was most glad to hear uh, with regard to Zach Wilson. And and certainly, um, there are great athletes that don't turn into great quarterbacks, and there are um, there are uh, mediocre athletes that do turn into great quarterbacks. Um, it's certainly what's between the ears matters quite a bit. He certainly seems. He certainly seems like a a fantastic prospect Um, And, um, you know, I I, like everyone else And and I'm going to be hopeful until proven otherwise
3: John, I want to ask you about Elijah Vera Tucker As you said, you're not a scout But still, the thing that you are Is somebody who loves to play with draft simulators So obviously there are trade-up options (laughs) and all of that That being the case, what did you think of the trade-up move? I know a lot of the analytics people disliked it. They said that in order for it to be worth it, Elijah Vera Tucker basically has to be an all-time great guard. I personally don't see it that way. I didn't think it was that crazy of a price to pay. And I think that Vera Tucker's an elite prospect. So if he ends up being what the Jets expect, that's fine. What did you think of the move, and what do you think of drafting Elijah Vera Tucker?
2: Okay, so I know everybody's bent out of shape about that, about that overreaction, which I think a lot of times we've discussed this so many times is it, done for effect. Right. And it depends um, the reaction to such a bold stroke. Um, it depends on what color the the team wears. Right. And, and so <laughs> one GM or one team uh, going up and, and having the conviction to grab a player they love is, is, you know, viewed as a master stroke, but when it's, you know, the Jets, it's, you know, it's, it's viewed as an overreach or whatever. So um, you kind of roll your eyes or shrug your shoulders at, at crap like that. Um, look, I think I think to be fair and 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 um, sane about it, you can and, and if you're interested in trying to understand and this is, I think, more of a societal and cultural uh issue that we're dealing with these days is people trying to misunderstand each other rather than understand each other i'd like to think my superpower is is while everyone else is in the business of trying to misunderstand each other i'm trying to understand what it is that they saw and my best conclusions are that they fell in love with a player and went and got him, and in a year where there was so much uncertainty with regard to the pandemic, that you see something you love and you have a measure of certainty about it, you go get it. So um, that's 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 usually usually the best, you know, hypothesis is is the is the most sort of straightforward and common sense one. So um, that's, to me, what what I think was going on there. And you're exactly right from having done, you know, 10,000 fan speak simulations. He was not going to be available at 23. And if they love the player, you go get the damn player.
3: Let's talk about the rest of the draft, John. The overall strategy, at least early on, seemed to be, to get Zach Wilson as much help as possible, as we said, the trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker. Then they got Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Then they went and got Michael Carter, the running back out of North Carolina. What did you think of the overall strategy, and how'd you like those other picks?
2: That that draft almost resembled one of the ones, uh, the ones that I would do for FanSpeak, where I where defense was like an afterthought for me, and I go, defense is for later. Let's let's fuss over that later. Right now, we need to not repeat the mistake, um, you know, that, that, that we made with Sam Darnold, and, and we need to protect the guy, keep him upright, keep his confidence and mojo intact, um, you know, keep keep Zach Wilson's you know swagger um, at, on on max, and and give him give him a chance to succeed. So that that the first half of the draft was was you know a dream for me um uh, doing exactly what i what i and so many fans want uh which which was to was to put together what they hope is an explosive offense or at least a respectable one to start um so i'm 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 tired it's one thing to to have an abysmal record um but it's 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 yet another to like you know never never have a quarterback throw for 300 yards never score more than you know 20 points <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and so on and and i'm i'm just tired like so many other people of of feeling that the that the field is 200 yards long um when our offense is on the field and 40 yards long when our defense is on the field um and so uh so i'm i'm i couldn't be more thrilled about it uh about what they did in the at least the top half of the draft um so uh it addressed all the right positions and 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 certainly in joe we trust um, at least for the time being with regard to the specific players uh, he took so good more weapons more protection um, And uh, and I, I think it's I, I think we're off to a very nice start
3: After those first four picks the Jets went exclusively defense the rest of the way and even the undrafted free agents They signed almost all of them were on the defensive side of the ball And Robert Sala talked about this in flight twenty twenty-one, and you've heard it in press conferences with him too. The key word is versatility. They wanted to grab as many defensive players that fit what they seem to like to do and have versatility as far as where they can play on the field. And so that was what they were looking to do after those first four picks. Did you like the strategy there? And did any of the players they grabbed late stand out to you? As you said, You're the king of playing around with mock drafts on FanSpeak. Did you grab any of these guys late in these drafts, or did any of the names stand out to you from your mock drafts?
2: Yeah, you know what I was most uh, struck by? Hey, um, Jim Garrity, who I enjoy uh, in all of his um, work, uh, you know about the positionless defense and versatility, and and, and how players are, are starting to uh, starting to be Swiss Army knives and, and be able to be used at linebacker and safety and and so on. And and I, I really like um, I really like that versatility and and mixing up your looks. So um, I you know certainly with with a defensive coach. Of the caliber of uh, Robert Sala and, and Jeff Ulbrich, it seems like they they um, they know what they want and they're they're going to get it. So uh, we begin uh, with not a totally bare cupboard on the defensive side, um, certainly with some holes, but the defensive line was a strength, got even stronger in free agency, uh, and 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 so there was we're probably not this was not a tear down as much as the offense was.
3: That's going to wrap up part one of our Jets 2021 offseason review with John Grella. We will be back tomorrow with part two. In the meantime, make sure that you're following John on Twitter at Jonathan Grella. You can get all the information on all the projects he's involved in there. And make sure you're checking out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com, where John is a contributor, and you can find all kinds of great stuff As you will also on our YouTube channel Where Luke Grant has been doing incredible film work He's been breaking down Morgan Moses Both in the passing game and the running game So check it out Plus videos of Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter And much more And Caleb Pace's commentaries Pace's Playbook up there as well so if you haven't subscribed yet please go ahead and do so and go ahead and give us a five-star review on itunes if you haven't done that already for us easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play
0: No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver?